0: Welcome to Wellness Realness with Christina Rice. I'm your host, Christina. I'm a holistic health coach and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, services, programs, and current eBooks. You can also find me on my other podcast, Straight Up Paleo. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. If you'd like to submit a question or topic for me to discuss, send it in to podcast at christinaricewellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and most importantly, enjoy the show. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm very excited because right now I'm sitting in South Carolina with my good friend, Kelly Scott. Kelly, say Hi. Hey, hey, Kelly is the intern for Straight Up Paleo, my other podcast, and she's been on our podcast before, so listen to that episode with her, but I wanted to have her on Wellness Realness because I just want to take a deep dive into Kelly Scott's life because she's super interesting and fascinating, and I'm obsessed with her, so... Kelly, why don't you just give, just give a brief overview
1: of yourself before we hop into all the things of your life. Okay, where to begin? I'll keep it brief. Um, I live, as I said before, if you've been following me at all, in the middle of nowhere, South Carolina, and that's where we're at today, but um, basically, I'm a paleo chef, Um, I'm about to go to culinary school in California, and... So that's just my life. I'm a huge foodie. I've gone through, you know, my own health issues that led me to be paleo and really changed my life. So that's basically me in a nutshell. Yeah, Kelly's the most incredible cook. It's
0: insane. So this weekend, this is what happened. So I went from paleo FX to... Kelly because I was already halfway across the country and I've been dying to visit her but South Carolina is quite a trip for me coming from Los Angeles so since I was already in Texas wanted to make it out here because she leaves her culinary school literally next week so this is the last week she would be here and we basically just planned our entire trip around eating and and walking and eating food did I say that twice no. Well, what did I eat, say eat, eat, walk, yeah eat walk, walk. recipe Harry test Potter. Harry Potter that was what I forgot uh-huh. so we have made some delicious things
1: so far why don't you tell them what we've done so far it's only been less than 24 hours and so we've already done <laughs> barbacoa with awesome peppers avocado cauliflower rice so that was one meal and then today we woke up had keto pancakes with of course so good They were so good With cinnamon veggies Christina's cinnamon veggies And she bought me This hazelnut butter And we also used Some of the ones I made And oh my god They were so good (laughs) And so after that We were like Really full But we're like We have to keep going So not only Did we keep going But we recipe tested And Christina recipe tested So we had to eat that And then we had Eggplants Lasagna For lunch With tons of greens And now we're smoking Some ribs Yes and Christina is about to have her life changed by these smoked ribs. I'm I'm seriously so excited. It's been a whirlwind.
0: And we went on a few walks. We both, Kelly went to CrossFit this morning. And I did a workout here at her very large house what? with an amazing upstairs. And I'm doing the Maps Anywhere program. And I'm telling Kelly, I'm literally obsessed with it. It's so much fun. And... I love it for travel, but I think after I finish, it's four weeks. I'm going to re- I'm gonna do it again. I think I'm just going to keep doing it and maybe add weights. But the Mind Pump programs, the MAPS programs, are seriously so good. I highly recommend it. I decided that I'm doing a little giveaway challenge this month for the month of May, if you haven't already heard about it. I post about it on my blog and on Instagram. But basically, it's a May Moves challenge because I live a very active lifestyle, and I like to try and – I like to try and encourage other people to get active and so basically the whole idea is all you have to do is take a, an Instagram story or a picture, or I don't know, something. Show me on social media your form of movement. So it can be a workout, like a formal workout. It could be a walk. It could be yoga. It could be playing Twister. I don't know. It could uh-huh. be any type of movement. Just show me that you're getting out there and use the hashtag, hashtag May Moves and tag me. At Christina Rice Wellness in either the caption or in the story or if you don't have Instagram email it to me just l- let me know make sure I see it oh if you're tagging me on Instagram make sure you tag me in the actual photo itself I know people don't understand this but if you just tag me in the caption I don't see it if you tag me in the actual photo then I see it um because when you tag people in the caption unless they're looking at Instagram at that exact second it goes away in the call in the notifications. Not yeah, it's really frustrating. So, make sure you tag me and then th- at the end of the month, at the end of May, I'm going to pick a winner and they're going to win um, a set of resistance bands, the ones that they sell on the Mind Pump Media website, and they're really high quality. They're great for maps anywhere, or any other fitness routine and really great for at-home workouts or travel. So, those are awesome. So, definitely enter that giveaway, get some movement in. I have hair attached to this microphone. Okay, got it off. Um and if you want to check out all the mind pump programs, then you should go to www.mindpumpmedia.com slash Christina Rice Wellness and look at all of those. The ones I recommend I think most of my demographic would be drawn to are maps anabolic is like just the an overall great strength training routine if you are going to the gym and have access to weights. That is what I would recommend for you. And if you work out at home or if you're traveling, Maps Anywhere is awesome. If you want to get some hit into your routine, Maps Hit, they have that. But And they have a bunch of other different programs like Maps Aesthetic is more for like bodybuilding. Um, Maps Performance, if you're an athlete and you're looking for something to add to your sports, your athletic routine. But I mean, I think the main ones for people listening to this would probably be Maps Anabolic and Maps Anywhere. And they are bomb
1: yeah Christina showed me them last night and I'm a pretty big skeptic because as you said I do CrossFit so like that's kind of like a cult in itself but when she showed me the maps anabolic and maps anywhere I was like oh this is actually like really cool and she's actually sore from stuff without body weights with the maps anywhere right now and I'm like how yeah and so it's been really impressive. And then the videos in itself are like great to watch because you get to see the mind pump guys do it and that's <laughs> yeah. comical and awesome. Oh my god.
0: Yeah. They demo everything and it's all laid out for you and you can kind of customize it. I have to I was telling Kelly, like I hadn't done maps anywhere before and I was expecting to just like like I thought it'd be fine, but I'm like obsessed with it and I like I'm really looking forward to it and I'm so sore, like I feel like I'm already getting my arms look better already. Not I'm not swole. Better. No, seriously. Like I cannot believe how the first day I did it, I was so shocked that I'd ha- I was so sore afterwards. I think cuz it's just when I'm when I'm programming my own workouts, I, t- I was telling Kelly, I I'm biased and I pick exercises that I'm good at and that I like, so I kind of do the same similar things over and over again. And you know, these programs are designed to make sure like everything is very balanced and even, so it's getting all my weak
1: spots. And yeah, like I might do the maps anywhere because I'm the same way. Like Christine and I are both really not upper body fans. (laughs) Like don't make us do push-ups, pull-ups, triceps. No, we're not into that. But like we do it. We're just we we focus more on legs. We definitely still do arms, but. For sure, for sure, but that's not our strong suit, but luckily with like Maps Anywhere and Maps, all the programs, they have you do everything, Mm -hmm. and so it's more well-rounded, so we can't be biased towards our comfort zones, so that's really nice. Exactly, I'm very
0: excited, I keep looking forward to it, so we'll see this is so much fun so definitely if you want to look up the programs or get one for yourself go to www.mindpumpmedia.com slash christina Rice wellness and check them out there because they are amazing yeah Yeah, they're so good so we did yeah we did a workout we did some walking we did recipe testing Mm
1: -hmm. we're hiking having a waterfall hike so that will be fun Watching Harry Potter, eating more food, it's going to be wow. delicious.
0: What meal are you most excited about slash favorite meal so far?
1: Mm, most excited, ribs. Because ribs are like, if I was on my deathbed, I would want ribs for mm-hmm. sure. Smoked ribs. And I'm a little biased. I think I'm the best meat smoker around. So I'm really excited to share that with Christina. Yeah. What's your favorite so far? So so far? I... Uh,
0: I can't I don't so know many. I know I loved all of them but I'm really excited for the ribs I love anything smoked mm. anything I'm really excited to try smoked veggies and the smoked brussels those are going to be really so good. really good so yeah very excited about that and I feel like very this week is so weird because I just got back from paleo and I'm really tired and I wish
1: you had been there would, Me too. would you go next year Oh I would totally go There's like so many vendors So many people there It looked like so much fun I had some serious FOMO (laughs) And you had so much good food And like literally just all the people
0: Yeah it was really good Although I was telling Kelly this I have to be honest Like the food in Austin wasn't as I mean it was fine It was good But I think food in LA, New York and Portland Are way better You can't
1: compare You can't
0: compare to anything When it comes to LA, New York I mean, it definitely wasn't, it was good, but I don't know. There wasn't anywhere that I was super excited to eat. Usually there's like one yeah. place that I'm really, really excited to eat at. So that was a little disappointing. Um, but you know who we met there is Nicholas from SomniFix. Yes, he's the best. The best. And tell, tell them about your experience with SomniFix, Kelly.
1: So I have a love-hate relationship, mostly love, <laughs> because I do this weird thing where and the Mill and I rip it off but the nights that I haven't I've slept through the night and that's a rare rare occasion mm-hmm. for me because I usually wake up like three times to pee so that's not good no it's not good but I also my dad has I don't think I've told you this my dad's used them and my mom said he stopped snoring with them <gasps> oh my god that makes me so
0: happy is your mom using them too
1: She's not because she thinks she feels like she's strangled. But there's the great mesh thing. So you really don't feel like that at all because you can really breathe or take it off easily if you need to. But you don't feel like suffocated or anything. And it really helps with that. But really, my dad really likes it. Okay, I love hearing that.
0: I need to get my dad. I'm going to bring some home to him because he snores so badly. But so does my mom. They both need it. But if you don't know what SomniFix is, it is this hypoallergenic mouth tape. And it has a little breathable vent in the front. So you can, you can breathe through it and it pops right open. So if you just open your mouth, it'll pop off. But the mouth tape keeps your mouth shut while you sleep so that it forces you to breathe through your nose. And breathing through your nose is basically optimal. It keeps you in that parasympathetic state so you can sleep through the night. It also helps with breathing. Like over time, if you train yourself to sleep, sorry, not to sleep, to breathe through your nose, it helps people improve their allergies um and their asthma because people are just mm. used to breathing through their mouths and it just helps a lot with immunity because when your mouth is open things are getting in there Ew. um yeah and it also just affects i mean i get such good sleep i mean i got minimal hours of sleep this yeah, weekend yeah. at paleo effects yeah but the the quality of my sleep that was excellent like yeah. i slept hard I slept very hard. Oh, that's what I was that's why I was up so late because freaking guys from Mind Put Media yeah. kept me out until three AM. Thank, thank God <laughs> so, for your somnifix. Yeah, though. thank God for my somnifix so I got a solid deep night sleep. So if you are interested in trying the mouth tape First of all, check out the the blog post that I have up all about SomniFix and mouth taping and all of the benefits. It is very comprehensive and amazing. And use the code CRW Sleep for 15% off. That's the highest percent off you can get. And just try a box. You have to get acclimated. Sometimes it can take a few days or a few weeks, but once you do... Change your life forever, I swear. So, use the code CRWSleep at somnifix.com or on Amazon and get that 50% off, and it will seriously change your life. So, I, yeah, I also got a really cute shirt from Nicholas. It's, yeah, it says nose breather, and I cannot wait to wear it. Yeah, you wait. You know what else I just thought of that we forgot to tell them? Can you tell them about
1: the stew that you want to make with the turtle? Okay. So <laughs> where do I begin? So we have this snapping turtle in my backyard cuz we live in South Carolina. That's a thing. And so of course, like everyone I know hunts, so I was like talking to my trainer who also is an avid hunter and I was like, "How do I get rid of this snapping turtle?" And he was like, "Well, you know it tastes so good." And I was like, "What? Wait, I want to I want to eat this turtle." So he's going through this process of how to catch this turtle basically with a shark hook and chicken gizzards and so I think he's gonna give me a shark hook and we're gonna try to catch this turtle tomorrow oh my god what are you gonna do all right, well if you make it I'll eat it oh hell yeah what, what are you gonna put it in though we have our all of our meals planned out that's true maybe I can make you a, like a, a turtle jerky for the road oh my god <laughs> I don't know that would be good but we can find some way
0: or instead of having leftovers one morning, one morning. we could do yeah, we could do turtle casual. Okay, this is so let's talk more about like how you got into paleo. Yes. Have you always eaten weird food?
1: What? No. Tell me tell me the history. So my whole life I always ate the typical American diet. I hated vegetables. I think I ate chicken, maybe a burger. That was the weirdest thing I would eat. And then so I was like pretty much like that till college and then college I had health problems and started wanting to eat healthier and that's when I started experimenting like that was when I had my first Brussels sprout like my salads all of that and now I'm like trying to get everything I can possibly eat the Brussels sprout that changed it all <laughs> literally well the first time I had a roasted Brussels sprout I was like oh my god I've been missing out on so much <laughs> I was like I can now see life in color
0: true it's so funny because brussel sprouts are always the one veggie that's really hated it. like Brussels sprouts yeah. and broccoli and I'm like they're so good I don't understand why that's people are like ew Brussels sprouts I'm like they're
1: the best Literally. I'm like yeah they're gross if you steam them but everything's yeah. gross if you steam them true so they just have a bad rep mm-hmm. so okay so tell me about your health issues when did that start and what were they okay so it all really started when I got I had a brain injury in college from college volleyball and so exactly what happened Exactly. Well, I got hit in the face with a volleyball, literally. People don't understand how volleyball is very
0: dangerous. Like, my mom very. got multiple concussions from mm-hmm. being at my volleyball tournaments growing up, and just it was even on a bounce. One of them was on a bounce. Oh so, my God. a girl spiked and it bounced and then just went straight to my mom's head and she got knocked out. Oh my God. Like, people don't understand how fast these volleyballs are coming and how they can, see, you could die.
1: No, literally.
0: So you literally die. What, did someone what
1: spike it straight into your face or what? Yeah, it was like warm ups of one of our really important matches, and my teammate didn't go up for a block, and essentially the oh, girl on the part. other side just damn it, blockers. I know it wasn't my fault. She just headed it straight into my face, and I was like on the ten foot line, so it was like five feet away, well Shit. ten feet away, literally. And so basically, ever since then, I didn't really know I wasn't like recovering. I, like I thought I would bounce back in three weeks, like my other concussions but <laughs> that was not the case it took more sort of a year so that's when i started diving into health and also just like kind of lost my identity because volleyball was my whole life so i was like what do i do now Wait, so
0: did you you had to quit or
1: what what did you do so i tried to come back for like a year but it was like a year of rehab doctors offices lots of medication and then finally like once i was kind of close to coming back i like essentially relapsed into having like horrible symptoms and then the doctor was like, No, you can't do this anymore. You're disqualified. What were all your symptoms? Like what would that feel like? It was I don't know. It's hard to explain because when you have a concussion, you like, know it. It's just like you are not yourself. You have like headaches, just a brain fog. Like the biggest brain fog and pressure in your head and I would be dizzy. I couldn't walk like straight. Sometimes driving was difficult. I remember it was like a year anniversary of the exact incident and I could only do like 10 jump ropes in a row. And that's all the physical activity I can do. If I did more than that, I would like pass out. Mm-hmm. And so it was, and like sleepless nights too. Like that was probably one of the hardest things like with a lack of sleep and like lack of being able to move, like going on walks would even hurt my head. Mm-hmm. So tell me more about feeling like you had an identity crisis. So yeah, that was the hardest thing probably like because volleyball, I'd always grown up since I was in sixth grade being like the best volleyball player, best athlete. I got a scholarship to college to play. So I didn't have plans after that. I was like, Maybe I'll play in Europe. Like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was just like, volleyball is my life. Mm -hmm. And so when that was gone and gone forever, I was like, I don't know what to do. Because I don't even know if I like my major. I don't know.
0: What were you majoring in?
1: Political science. Mm -hmm. So I was like, but I didn't know what I wanted to do with that. I was like, maybe I'll go to law school. But I really just had no idea. So once I was like, finally recovering, I was like, well, you know what? Maybe I'll just get healthy. Like, that'll be my thing. And so that's when I was like a downward spiral of health, ironically. Okay, what do you mean by that? So <laughs> I... And there's like no reason why I started to like, quote, want to be healthy. Mm-hmm. And I it's not like the healthy we're talking about, like paleo, like actually health. It was like that, oh, you should calorie count and eat super lean and eat vegetables and protein and that's it and work out and you'll feel better and look great.
0: Where were you getting your information from? Like, wh- what did you start to
1: do? Like, did you read a book or what? Literally, like, online. Like, I would Google stuff, like, uh, calorie counting or, like, healthy meals or what's healthy. Like, do you remember what websites you were looking at? Honestly, it was probably, like, more, like, My Fitness Pal or magazines that would just be, like, probably looking at other people also had a huge influence but nothing like in particular just like a little bit of everything instagram online websites you know bodybuilding stuff like Mm -hmm. all this protein intake and vegetables so just accumulation of everything
0: okay okay so you start reading this information
1: and then what was your life like then (laughs) so then I just got absorbed by it so I got sucked in and was like I need to do everything because, you know, I need to be healthy because I took this whole year off. I haven't been doing anything with my life. And so finally, once I could work out, I started just working out all the time because it was just like, it's very addictive, obviously, especially Mm -hmm. once you have that break and you have that crisis of identity. You're like, what do I do? Well, now I can work out. So I got to do it all the time because I don't want to lose it again. Mm -hmm. And so I was doing that under eating, just not eating like Enough for my body and enough nutrients, like the lack of fat I would eat and like just chicken breast and stuff like that. Like it wasn't great by any means.
0: Did you know that you were undernourishing your body or did you think
1: everything was fine? At first, I thought everything was fine because, like, you at first it's like it comes around slowly. And then suddenly out of nowhere, you like look at yourself in the mirror or like I would look at myself in a picture and be like, holy crap, Mm -hmm. like what happened? And even people would come up and be like, are you okay? But like more people actually would come up and be like, what are you doing? You got so skinny. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of encouraging because you're like, oh, well, I'm doing the right thing. Everyone says I look good. Mm -hmm. So I might as well just keep doing it. Mm -hmm. So... That was how I got into like a downward spiral. And then suddenly I realized, oh my gosh, like it's like I need to stop before it's too late. What made you realize that? I think it was honestly, I took like a nutrition class and my teacher, we had to do like a My Fitness Pal type of thing where we like calorie counted. I already knew obviously everything I was doing. And she was just like, you're far under eating. Aww. And I was, until then I was just like, I knew it, but I never like confronted it. And that's when I was like, okay, I need to get a nutritionist to help me like set me straight. And so that's what like helped me start to get better for sure.
0: What so what changes did you make? Was it just eating overall more food or
1: like eating specific things? It was mostly at first I was just to stop counting and tracking everything because I used to be so calculated in what I ate. So once that was gone, I slowly started bringing back other things that made me more comfortable. So I would add more fats. Like fats was what I probably feared the most because I was like, they're so demonized in the health world. And so I started bringing that back. And then once those were back and I stopped counting and tracking, that's when I felt a lot more free to do whatever once there was no more tracking.
0: Was that hard for you, though? Like, do you feel like you were struggling with orthorexia
1: or do you feel like you just were unaware? No, I feel like I definitely was struggling because I'm very type A perfectionist. So I was like, I need everything to be perfect, like calories in, calories out. You have to exercise to be healthy and like do all these things. And so I was like completely absorbed by it for sure.
0: How do you know the difference between just like really caring about your health and like orthorexia?
1: there's a difference because like right now I care about my health, but I'm not having an orthorexic mentality. Mm -hmm. So I'm not obsessed about everything I do or it doesn't give me anxiety anymore. Like if I miss a day of working out, I would be okay with it now. I'll be like, Mm -hmm. okay, whatever, I'll do it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Back then, if I missed a day of working out, I would have the biggest anxiety attack. Like I remember in college, once I came back at like 10 p.m. from something, and I was like, "I haven't worked out today. I have to go work out." And it was 10 o'clock. It was raining, and I went on a run at like nighttime. And now I would never do that. Like that's crazy. Like I would be obsessed and have anxiety if I couldn't control something like that.
0: Isn't it funny how memories like that stick out? You you think of the crazy shit you would do when you were in that mentality, like like what would be what's some of the stuff like you would do because you had struggles with this too. I mean. In terms of, like, exercise, uh-huh. I mean, I would do – I remember vividly – like, I would go to the gym at, like, 10.30, 11. And we, er, I mean, I there were times when I literally work out at 1.30 in the morning just because that was the only time I could fit it in. And it was really ironic because now I understand more so, like, it's more important just to be overall active. And mm-hmm. But my days – I mean, I would – go to class come home sit on my bed all day and then just like get my workout in and as long, I just thought I just needed to get my workout in yeah so I would work all day on my bed doing homework and then I'd be like oh it's 1 30 I just finished homework so now I'll work out mm-hmm. and it's just so silly now th- I'm like I was so dumb I should have just taken some walking breaks and not bothered exactly. to do a workout you know so it just it, it's that OCD type situation, yeah, you know, and I think just from like being really sneaky with the, the food, you know, or mm-hmm. even with exercise, I think of times when like I have memories of like leaving things early saying that I didn't feel good or I had plans, oh, yeah. but it was just plans to go to the gym or, you know, friends inviting me to something and I would say no just
1: because I knew mm-hmm. it was going to conflict with my gym time, stuff very like dry. that. Yeah, I would always blow off people, mm-hmm. or if they would try to mess my my routine, I'd be like, "No, you mm-hmm. can't mess up my routine." Like mm-hmm. cause I'll freak the hell out then. Mm-hmm. Like I would have a full blown anxiety attack if anything wasn't perfect and how I planned it to be.
0: Exactly. And
1: so that's just like the main difference, like something controlling you and something you're like concerned about. Like right now, we would eat whatever we want in the healthy way and know what's good for us. Like there's a difference between not eating sugar because you're scared of it or not eating sugar because it doesn't make you feel good. Yeah. Okay,
0: sorry. I have to say something because basically what just happened was – Kelly just said what she just said, what you just heard, and then she handed me the mic and my garage band closed and we thought we lost the whole podcast. My heart dropped. Yeah, our heart my heart fell out of my butt. And now and so sorry. Whoa, but we, we recovered the file. I thought it was deleted forever. We opened it and it was empty. And okay, we're fine. But back to what you were saying.
1: Sorry. That would have happened to me when I had those (laughs) tendencies. I would have had an anxiety attack, but you know, we went with the flow and thank God we recovered it. Yeah, exactly. And that's
0: what it is with the, like talking about the sugar thing, when I'm trying to explain to people, I'm saying, okay, I might deny the same food now, but it's for a completely different reason. So let's say there was, I don't know, something with sugar in it. And I would start to just feel anxiety in my body and I would do anything to avoid it. And in my head, I would imagine myself like, blowing up and and just i just all these out of proportion things you know and i was just so genuinely afraid like i would do anything and now it's like i see it and i just think it doesn't make me feel good so i don't want it but like it doesn't make me afraid and it doesn't give me anxiety you know or if it was like the only thing that only thing on earth i would just eat it whatever you know whereas before if that was the last thing on earth i would rather die than eat that piece of sugar
1: like yeah now i see something like that would have scared me in the past like a cupcake like i work in a bakery for example and so if i saw that cupcake i'd be like no you cannot have that like you will die if you have this cupcake whereas like one time i was offered a gluten-free cupcake i had a bite and i was like you know, this isn't that great. I'm good. But I didn't feel like the guilt or pressure that I would have felt before. Like if I had that bite before, I probably would have been like, oh, I need to go on a run from like a bite of a cupcake.
0: Yeah. Was there, were there any other foods that were sort of trigger foods for you? So sugar, was there anything else that you avoided that
1: you were afraid of specifically? Um, well, just like anything that was deemed unhealthy like fried food which i wouldn't eat now but again for different reasons also lots of fats so like an avocado egg yolks like i'd maybe have one egg yolk and then Mm -hmm. egg whites which is so boring Mm -hmm. and then any breads like breads i was so afraid of Um, pretty much anything besides vegetables meat and some low calorie crap like low calorie ice cream Mm -hmm that's like now I taste it I'm like this tastes like chemicals and it's so (laughs) shitty yeah
0: and like what was tell me about what your what your exercise was like like what you were doing
1: oh my god so I was doing um the bbg type of thing except I was not following it by any means I was like doing it on crack so I'd do like all those workouts in a day plus cardio plus walks and like extra stuff so I was doing that seven days a week I never gave myself an off day because I was like off days are for the week like no (laughs) I can't do that my off day I had like a a rest day of sprints and abs that was my my off day and now that's like the most cardio I would ever do is like a 10 minute hit
0: okay so I want you to explain more about how you came out of this like how you transitioned out of it what that process was like emotionally physically like
1: like literally what you did so I just kind of had to like stop putting up with the bs you know like i finally was like this is not okay i was like this is unnecessary i'm not healthy i look sick and i was sick i also had thyroid problems but like i wanted to be healed all the way around so i was like i need other people to help me so i got a nutritionist i got a therapist and a trainer like the trifecta kind of and so with those three i finally was able to slowly like stop with these tendencies and stop with being so controlled because for once other people had to like tell me what to do and when I lost that control that was actually freeing because I was so OCD about everything that they could kind of think for me and I would just do it was that easy
0: for you to give over that control though like just could you just do that and also did you find these people or were it was your family pushing you to get these people or how did that even come
1: about so i finally found them which i feel like that's rare with someone with issues like this Mm -hmm. because they kind of have to like either hit rock bottom or their family and friends have to tell them Mm -hmm. and for me i like saw where things were going and luckily stopped before it was too late and i was like no i need this help so like called my parents and told them, hey, I want like a nutritionist and stuff. And they were kind of like, like, I don't know, like, pray it out. And I was like, "Mm, I don't think that's going to work. Like, we need some more significant Mm -hmm. help here. So I just kind of did it by myself. And they weren't very involved. It takes a lot of strength. Yeah, it's definitely easier. I can imagine when you have like family and friends supporting you, but I'm also the type that's more closed off. So handing it to strangers also helped me because that was easier than having to explain it to everyone around me. So you, so you find these people and you go to them and they tell you what to do, and were you just like, okay, I'm gonna do it, and you're fine, and you just. I mean, I mean, I wasn't fine with it, but I did it because I knew I had to do it. So like they would tell me stuff like my trainer, for example, made me stop doing cardio and I hated him for it. I was very salty at him for like months and months. And I would come into the gym and do weights with him or my nutritionist, you know, would tell me to stop tracking you know one meal at a time and just the thought of not tracking like a breakfast was like so hard for me but I was like okay I need to do it so just like chipping away a little bit at a time even though I knew it was hard eventually over time when you keep doing it and making that routine and pattern it becomes really easy and how often were you seeing your therapist I think at that time I was doing once a week for a couple of months because I just needed that person to tell me to do stuff and just like straighten me out because you, you're you away from them for a week, like stuff happens in the real world and you start like having these OCD thoughts again and you need someone to like reassure you and keep you in line kind of.
0: And how long were you seeing all
1: these people for? Probably my nutritionist and therapist was probably for like a three month range and then I went home um, for like a school break and then recently I got more into fitness again and with um, a trainer, which helped me. So probably three months total, but that set me back on track. And I knew once I was in those patterns, I could um, do it more by myself. But probably if I was still there, I would have continued because that's much easier than handling it by yourself.
0: Do you feel like there was like a moment where things just shifted for you? Do you feel like it was just like basically doing what you're doing over time and like it kind of came over time that you reached a more balanced
1: mindset? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was definitely gradual. It's not just like one moment in time that I can remember. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't remember the day I started stop tracking the whole day mm-hmm. of calories or the day I added that whole avocado in, you know? just like slowly happened I was like hmm, okay I'll do this or I'll do that but I definitely think like the most monumental is like was being able to go to restaurants or eat out and not have to look at the menu obsessively beforehand because I was afraid of the nutritional facts you know so like little stuff like that I would be like oh like a week ago I wouldn't be able to do that Mm -hmm. so that was cool to see over time so, anyone who's struggling with this kind of stuff, what would you, what, what do you think of the biggest piece of advice you would give them
0: to help come, overcome
1: it? I think the biggest advice to help overcome something like this is definitely first of all seek help. It's hard to do it alone, even if you don't want to tell your friends or family. You should see a nutritionist and therapist for sure because that's like you have to rewire the way you think, mm-hmm. and it takes a lot longer to like get out of a habit than to build a habit and so you need help to get out of that and also to just really stop making excuses for yourself and just do the damn thing because you're the only one that can fix yourself
0: Mm -hmm. what about I mean it's really interesting because you're so different now and I mean how do you think that whole experience like affected
1: how you are now with food and exercise I think it definitely changed the way like now it's like freeing because I look at food and now it's like something that's healing me and like gives me my strength. Whereas before it was my enemy. Mm -hmm. So now I think that's why, you know, I become so into food and like cooking and becoming a chef is because this food is like what's making us function day to day. And that's just like so amazing. And same with exercise. I look at as not punishment or trying to, Be beat my calories in, but like trying to fuel myself and get stronger. Like I want to be strong and like ready to age well. I guess. Yeah, and it's just funny because
0: so something that we have in common that is we're the only people who can eat basically as much as as each other. We eat so much food, and I think that you're a good person to talk to this about. Is just this under eating thing. Oh my god! Yeah, and. I mean, I just want you to talk about it. Like people's meals and in the health world too, it's just really hard for me because I feel like so many people are under eating Mm -hmm. and it's people giving advice. And I mean, we were talking about this today. Like why are people afraid
1: of volume? Literally, that's my biggest thing. Like people don't eat enough volume at all. Like I think they look at a food and they think it might look like a lot enough. Like they have a plate of greens Mm -hmm. with maybe protein on it and to us that's like barely anything like that's not enough like even though it looks like a lot like that's not like a few ounces of protein won't do like you need a lot of protein like more than you think you need and same especially with vegetables like Mm -hmm. it might look like a lot on your plate but vegetables are so nutritious or nutritious Mm -hmm. and also so much less compared to like fats and meat that you need like way way more Mm -hmm. And one thing that annoys me too, is like people don't eat enough at meals and then they'll like maybe snack still. Yeah. And I'm like, you're hungry because
0: you're not eating enough. Exactly, exactly. It's so funny because we'll send pictures to each other of people's, we see, we yeah, see people's not. meals on Instagram and I'm just like, how is this person full? It'll be a not. plate full of vegetables. And I'm like, there's nothing to satiate you. Mm-hmm. I just, I think that people are afraid to feel full and are just so comfortable always feeling hungry and they don't know they feel guilty to feel full no, yeah. and you
1: should feel full. Mm-hmm. No, like, yeah, that was one thing when I was like getting better is I had to get comfortable with feeling full. I feel like everyone's still uncomfortable with that. Mm-hmm. Cause like everyone's like, Oh, you should eat till you're satisfied. Well, I'm satisfied when I'm full. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to keep eating even if I have to get a second plate of food And you should not be at all hungry just because that's the only portion you gave yourself. That's why Christine and I always definitely have a problem at restaurants Mm -hmm. because we always want more food and like order all the extra veggies and sides and people are content with like maybe a burger. Mm -hmm.
0: Because, well, people are used to the volume of when they're eating a standard American diet. Yeah, if you're eating that, I mean, it takes less food to be, yeah, it's very different. When you're eating vegetables and meat and like...
1: yeah you need way more yeah like obviously if you're eating a nasty cheeseburger from mcdonald's you don't need all this extra food but if you're eating like a cut of meat that's good for you and vegetables you're gonna need much more volume and just become satisfied with like feeling full like i enjoy feeling full now Mm -hmm. and it's not like a gross feeling because you know what you ate is healthy instead of like, an unhealthy fullness you would feel when you eat, like, crappy food. Mm
0: -hmm. Did it, what was it like for you to basically drastically increase calories and, like, notice what was
1: happening with your body? Like, what did you notice? First off, it was, like, just so much energy initially. Mm -hmm. And I would be able to actually, like, perform workouts or, like, be able to stay awake throughout the day and think clearly. And then probably also once I like realized I was gonna like eat more I became like ravenous and just ate everything Mm -hmm. in sight so that was kind of like satisfying and like pleasing because I've been restraining for so long and trying to be so perfect that now I can like eat all the things and it's hard even it was hard to like gain the weight I guess and like become stronger but now that like you're on the other side of it and like strong again and like you feel so good. I look back at that time and I've never been more exhausted and sick. So I'm like, I could never possibly go back to that. Mm-hmm.
0: But also like, I mean, we talk about this a lot, how it's not like calories in, calories out. Oh, no. You know, it's like you were underweight, right? So mm-hmm. you gained back, you know, you're a naturally thin woman, oh, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, So you gained back the weight you had lost when you are undernourishing yourself. But mm-hmm. now it's like,
1: we eat a lot of food and nothing really happens now yeah it's like people think calories matter but like we are of the belief that they they I mean they do but they don't at the same time like we eat so many calories a day like I don't even know how much we eat like way more than like probably most people most men too and we are we're like we're put, we're petite little yeah. girls, like but we're strong. Yeah. But We
0: talk about this, how it's like you train your body to be have a certain metabolism. I mean, you train your body to be able to handle a lot of food. And I mean, if you want to downregulate your metabolism and then it can only handle so much food, then that's what you want. But you can also train your body to be able to handle
1: a lot of calories. Yeah. Like I could, I trained my body to downregulate, but then I retrained it and now I can eat so much more. And your body adjusts to it and it's way more more fulfilling in life. Yeah. I also want to talk about like what would you –
0: this whole – both of us get pissed about this. But this idea that you can't recover from an eating disorder through paleo. Or people say that paleo is a restrictive diet.
1: Like what do you want to say about that? This makes me like so angry because I even heard this from my nutritionist sometimes and my trainer that – you know, if you want to gain weight, you, you, you got to just be more lenient. And I'm like, that can't be true. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, I, that was one thing I was stubborn about because I was like, I don't want to try to be healthier by being unhealthy, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. they were saying I have to eat the stuff that makes me sick to gain the weight. And I was like, that can't be true. So I got back to being healthy through paleo. You just eat more and you eat more of the good things and your body will like heal yourself through that. What do you think of
0: people who say this is a fad diet or or it's still being restrictive? Do you ever
1: get that from people saying you're still being restrictive? Oh, I get that all the time. But I mean, I think it's just like ignorance mm-hmm. most of the time because there's a difference between restricting and not having something because it won't make you feel good. It's mm-hmm. so like I would restrict sugar back in the day because I didn't want to have, you know, that, um results on my body now i just don't want it because it doesn't make me feel good and so there's just a difference you kind of just gotta like ignore the haters out there and roll with the punches because there's always going to be someone that says oh you're still you're still too obsessed or you're just eating that way because you want to be like look good Mm -hmm. what's your opinion on the whole like low carb craze I am an avidly <laughs> against the low carb. <laughs> I mean, I pay, as a paleo person, you're going to naturally eat lower carb because there's less carbs than the American diet. But you need carbs, like especially us as females. And even if you're working out, you need that as energy and a fueling source. And eating all that fat is just not sustainable in the long run, I think.
0: What? What? I mean, how would you describe like the way you eat or, and also, I mean, you've toyed with different like macro ratios. Like what has been your experience
1: with toying with stuff? Yeah. So I've definitely gone more high fat, low carb when the keto crates happen just to see like the effects to see if I had more energy and stuff. And I never tried to be like be in keto by any means, but I definitely was like, okay, I'm going to eat less squash and less potatoes and just eat more lean, like, Vegetables, I guess, and like salads and stuff like that. And like, I think I may have done that like a week, and then I was like, "Did you did you increase your fat at the same time?" I did, like maybe a little bit, like protein and fat, but not significantly, like Mm -hmm. you would if you were on a keto. I was just like, "I'm gonna replace these carbs with more vegetables." Mm -hmm. And so when I did that, I got just so tired and could not like do my workouts well. And so I tried that maybe for like a week, Mm -hmm. and also like. I just learned my body does better with carbs mm-hmm. and with maybe a little less fat, like still a ton of like healthy fats, yeah. but not like a keto level fat.
0: Well, this it's funny because you eat a shit ton of fat. Oh, yeah. And... You know what I mean? Like, to most people, you would eat... You, to other people, they think that you eat, like, a ketogenic level of fat. Oh, for sure. But it's, like, moderate. It's, like, normal for you. Like, you don't eat low-fat at all. No. Which is why it's just really... Like, so many people are just not eating
1: enough. Like, they mm-hmm. aren't even realizing it. Um, yeah. yeah. It's with, like, all the macros, too. They don't realize they're just, like, not eating enough in general. Like, you should have so much more food on your plate. You should have so much fat, so much... Protein and greens and carbs because they're all whole, real foods. So they're all nourishing you. It's not like you're having like way too much of stuff. Like you shouldn't be fearful because they're doing good things for your body. Well, you're, and you also do CrossFit. Mm -hmm. So I mean,
0: I think it's really interesting perspective. I think that all these people who are doing keto and CrossFit, it's just
1: a recipe for disaster. If you're keto and you're working out like more than walks, I feel like if you're trying to lift weights, like, you're going to be doing damage to your body. You need those carbs. You're not going to be burning all these like fats and stuff. Like, no, you need that energy.
0: I think, I mean, I don't
1: agree with that. Totally. I think
0: it depends on what type of activity you're doing. And like, you can do weights, you can do weights well, but I think it just depends on the situation. Like CrossFit is like, like a mat cons.
1: Yeah. Like you need some carbs. No. Yeah. Cause like, even though they're short, they're like, like my one today was eight minutes. Mm-hmm. If I didn't have like, some carbs before that or something, I would be, like, dead. Yeah. Like, you need that energy and strength from something if you're doing that, like, high-intensity type of stuff. Okay, looking back, what do you think of BBG? You know, that's tough because I feel like for some people it works. But at the same time, it's just, like, it's not sustainable long-term. And it's really easy to, obviously, manipulate it. And people get obsessive over it. And so it's hard because like for some people, it's good to have that guideline. But for a type A person like me, like you're probably going to take it too far. Yeah. Do you think, I mean...
0: The programming itself, like if you, if somebody just did it to a T, what, what would you think? Like, do you think
1: it's good? I mean, I've never done it. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, now what I, knowing what I know now about fitness from just like more knowledge, CrossFit, Mind Pump, all of that, I would say it's pretty mediocre. <laughs> I mean, it's honestly, it's good for people who've obviously never worked out. You know, it's better than nothing. But there's so much better programming out there. I would not like suggest someone to go do it if they were asking me fitness advice now. Gotcha. When you went paleo, was your family like are they supportive or how did that go? I mean, they always kind of think I'm a whack job. So it was like a transition as per everything else usually is when it comes to me doing stuff with my family. But then once they saw like me getting healthy and how it made me feel and I started cooking paleo stuff for them and they felt good, they like hopped on board. Like my parents are all on board now. And same with like my older sister. They like saw that in me and also saw that paleo can be really yummy, mm-hmm. especially when you cook it right. So now they definitely are like on board with paleo. Yeah.
0: And you also like you make it work even though you live just in this town you know what I mean like yeah. you don't have access to- people tell me I don't live in LA so I can't eat healthy I'm like there are people who live everywhere who can eat healthy
1: and you were in college when you when you went pillow right yeah like you can do it anywhere and that's why I get so annoyed when people who say you know it's too hard like it's too hard to do this and you know get groceries cook your food or they can't get all these great products and I'm like I live an hour from a Whole Foods and I still make it work like you have Amazon, you can go online, there's paleo food services now, there's everything and you don't have to have all these fancy products, you just need whole foods like meat and mm-hmm. vegetables and you can get that almost anywhere. Exactly, exactly.
0: The other thing I want to talk about with the recovery and stuff is, so you also are a side, mo- like a model. You're in the modeling industry. On the low key, the low yeah, low key. I, I occasionally dabble in modeling. <laughs> so, did that feed into the eating disorder and the exercise addiction, or how did that affect things?
1: Ironically, this was when I was like pretty much better, like getting better. I decided to model because I, I was still pretty skinny, so I was like, eh, why not?" Um, that's just like my shape, and so ironically, it kind of helped because I saw other people in the same way that I was before Mm -hmm. and I was like okay wow I can never get like that again and just like it helped me push me out of it further and try to get further away from eating like that and over exercising what
0: is it's interesting that you said I feel the same way when I work with clients and stuff you know it's like just show it's like I see it now so much more clearly, you know, and people are like, is it triggering? People have asked me, they say, you know, I recovered from an eating disorder and I want to help people and I want to work with people that I'm worried it's going to trigger me. And like, I mean, I can't tell you what it is for for you. For me, it's the opposite, Same. you know, um, but I want to, I want you to talk more about like what the modeling industry is really like from your perspective, what your experience was
1: that is interesting it's uh, there's so much that goes into it um obviously there's obviously horrible rumors you know about the size shaming and all that and I've got to say from what I've seen it's pretty accurate like I've got a pretty bleak outlook on modeling now just because you see all the behind the scenes stuff Mm -hmm. and how messed up and political it is and how awful they are to the girls and like the end of the day the girls are the ones that are getting treated like crap like the models and so it's like really hard to see that so tell me
0: some stuff that happened like what to give me examples of things that happened that were messed up or stories that stuck with you
1: i mean there's just like so many of regards just like being skinny in general like i've been told by my agents before like oh if you're not a size 23 waist just tiny if you're not a size 23 ways, you're not going to get a job and they won't push you if you're not that size like to get these jobs your agents like the ones who are supposed to be working for you are mm-hmm. telling you this and luckily for me like I had them a mindset where I was like oh I don't care whatever then if, mm-hmm. if I'm not skinny enough I don't need that job but like these young girls aren't don't have that like effort mindset they have the mindset of, oh, okay, well, I'll just starve myself then because that's all they know. They don't know how to be healthy because that's not a healthy standard to be that tiny. Like these standards are absolutely insane. And like even like in a different cities, it varies too. like a New York standard is different from a Milan standard. So like I worked in both. And New York, you have to be very skinny. Milan, you have to be even skinnier. And if you're not that skinny in Milan, um, you won't get a job. And same with New York. Like I can work in Atlanta today, but if I tried to go to New York right now, I wouldn't get a job. And I'm I'm skinny. Yeah. Kelly's very thin. Like mm-hmm. you're that's scary. That is yeah. really scary.
0: But it what's confusing is like they're so they're telling you that you need to be skinnier, which honestly horrifies me. Mm-hmm. And but were were you ever skinny shamed in the opposite direction at the same time? Like told you you're too thin. Like but, in the but, but people outside of the modeling industry.
1: Oh, all the time. I'd be told by I still get skinny shamed on the reg. Like every single time I'm like in an event or something like that, they're like, Oh, that girl is so skinny, or I've been called anorexic, or mm-hmm. I look like a Holocaust victim. That's my favorite one that I used to get. And yet the modeling industry is saying, Oh, this is what we want in women. Like we want them to be tiny and disappearing. And basically like literally not even fit into actual sizes that a normal person would fit. Like our zeros are smaller than normal zeros. Even
0: I think that just, it just says so much about our society that Mm -hmm. we are basically told we're never good enough either way. It's like Mm -hmm. you, like you at the same at one size are being told you're too skinny and then that you're not skinny enough. Mm -hmm. And I think it just goes to show that I mean, the modeling industry standards, I mean, that is just so unhealthy. And people don't, I think this is the issue. People are, are comparing themselves to these really skinny models. Mm-hmm. None uh, of them are healthy. Exactly, I want you to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Why,
1: how, like, explain that how they're not healthy. It's just none of them can be healthy. That's a standard that no one can be that thin and be healthy. When I was a New York thin I could have done that because I was still recovering like I was on my way out Mm -hmm. whereas now I feel like you know I'm at a size that is better and that's a size too big for them Mm -hmm. and I'm finally healthy like these girls they can't have a sustainable healthy life because they can't eat the things they need to and they also don't know how so I had roommates and like friends in the industry who, you know, they many were anorexic, they'd eat maybe a protein bar that was 200 calories a day, and that would be their meal. Or a lot of my roommates would either eat one meal a day, and then they would work out a ton, like just walk miles and miles and miles, like would walk in the morning, walk to work, and then get home and walk on the treadmill for like two hours. And that's already after a full day of walking through New York City and like barely eating anything. I mean, are these, are they happy? Like, do they, re- I mean, you know. That's the problem. They don't get their happiness from like things we do, like having like friends and, you know, eating good food and stuff like that. They get their happiness when they get a good job. And that's the problem is because they're getting validated through these jobs that are telling them, oh, you got this job because you are that skinny and you look mm-hmm. that thin. And so it's like, oh, I'm high I can be happy now because I got hired by Marc Jacobs because I am like a size triple zero zero, you know so it's like that's when they're happy is when they're getting validation that they look good even though they look horrible
0: but then it's like this i'm like how do you have any energy or like brain function because i know when i was at such a low weight i had zero energy and i was cranky all the time because of it and my brain was not working
1: because i just had no nutrients fueling me that's the problem They They don't. They like either either dead and they look or horrible because you can see it on their faces or, you know, some girls are chain smokers, do drugs, um, caffeine addicts, you know, but just get them going and those things don't have to feed into literally feed into them, you know, like they don't have to eat those things. Are, are the drugs a big thing? The drugs. Yeah, that's a big problem. Not um, most of my friends. Luckily, were not but i mean many girls would go out every night you know do drugs go into the bathroom do drugs would smoke a lot just to suppress their hunger i think and you know keep them going continuously
0: god but it's like do they think that this is just like normal you know or do they do they feel trapped like you know how like we both went through that period of time where we knew something is wrong, but you're just kind of trapped in it and it takes a hot second to realize, okay, I need to turn it around, but you go through that period of time where you know it's not good. Like, are they in that trap or do they think this is how it's supposed to be?
1: They think that this is normal because everyone does it. Like modeling world, it's a completely different world. So that was an interesting perspective for me because I have normal friends too and don't see that, but that's their whole life. So, they think that's normal to do that and they get encouraged by others. So, like, I would have roommates who would work out twice or even three times a day, and my other friends and roommates would be like, Oh, good job. Like, I need to go to the gym. Dang, you went twice today. Like, I better go on the treadmill. And meanwhile, I would be like, Y'all are going to be so exhausted. You're going to exhaust yourself. Your body is tired. You don't need to do that. You don't need to punish your body. But they'd be like, No, like, this is what I'm walking. This is what I need to do to get lean and stay lean and all these things.
0: God, so it's just like all feeds into it. And they're like encouraging each other. What do they think of you?
1: They, well, they think, first of all, they think I'm weird because I would eat all, everything in sight. And I don't know if they were jealous or I don't think it was jealousy. I just think they would be like, oh, well, she's dumb. Like, why would she do that? Like, she doesn't need to be doing that you can just walk all day and you don't she'll be skinny mm. and also i was like bigger than them too so they probably thought oh well she's big because she eats food you know it's so fucked up because like you're so thin I know. you know what i mean like that's scary it's honestly it's so scary and like if i was in a bad state like being in that it would be toxic but because i was like in a strong state of mental um side of things that i could literally see that i'm like wow like that's honestly comical that they think i'm big because yeah. i'm like i would go into like a gym today like a crossfit gym i'm i'm the, I'm the small, small one like we're the small girls and like everywhere we go and we still get skinny shamed even though in that industry like we would be big that's so scary is it ever like hard for you i know sometimes i see
0: girls who are physically in a space I was at and I see I see the sickness where when I was at the time I didn't see it in myself like you just Mm -hmm. you can tell that there's something wrong they just look really malnourished and I mean it's it's hard because it brings me I feel like I can almost feel it in my body again I can like feel Mm -hmm. my bones and I remember what it felt like at that time and it's so it's hard
1: for me um all the time it's so so hard to see that especially when you like befriend these girls um even though some of them might be like crazy because you know models um can be that way but when you become friends with them and you know how they're treating their body and you know how they feel because you have once been there that like is heartbreaking and then you'll be like in a room of like a hundred models and you'll just see some that looks so emaciated and they think they look good because everyone's telling them they look good and that's how you have to be because the skinny girls get the jobs and it's so hard to see just looking like that and you want to help them but you can't like i would try to talk sense into my roommates like and friends and they just like don't listen you know so it's like you can only help them if like they want the help and they don't because the industry is validating them
0: I want you talk more about how
1: the agents are treating them and the companies and like what's going on with that. It's all just like super shady. Like the models are just the lowest on the totem pole. So, like, the agents are a second up, and then the people who hire you, like the fashion designers, and they will push the girls they want to push. Um, they will make the standards. And it doesn't really matter what you think that you're just kind of like a puppet to them. And so they'll treat you, you know how they want. And they set these horrible standards, even though they know it's wrong. And like, that's the worst part is like, these are the adults. Like we're adults, but like we're young. Like there's a lot of young girls who model and they're the ones continuously making this vicious cycle. You were
0: telling me the other day about like, like Was it an agent who was, like, sabotaging that girl or what, like... Oh, yeah, yeah, this
1: is really messed up, so... Agents do this, too, because... They're competing with other agencies. So like before certain fashion seasons, you might sign with an agent abroad. And one of my good friends signed with a Milan agent and a Paris agent. Like they were the same ones. And so they were having her. They're like, oh yeah, we want you, we want you. We're gonna we're gonna fly you out. New York Fashion Week was happening. And they were still like, yeah, we're gonna have you. And the next week they were gonna fly her out. And the day before she was supposed to get on a flight, they called and they're like, oh, we don't want you anymore. We're not gonna sign a contract with you. Come to find out because they already signed another asian girl um so they're like we wanted to hold you out for competition we didn't want you to have any other agency to come and get you because we know you're talented but we want our asian girl to get pushed into these spots that you would have gotten that is so messed up i think something else i mean the race, the race thing, the race problems in the modeling industry are honestly repulsive. Like you see some of the things that are like, oh, all the variety of people, but that's not how it is in high fashion whatsoever. Like the standards for an African American or an Asian American in general are way higher than for a white person. So I have even had an agency t- like literally telling me this before that, Oh yeah, you're like that's a good size for you, but luckily you're not black because you have to look like an emaciated African, oh like God. a starving African. I've literally had someone tell me that, and I was just like, "They're
0: so, mm-hmm. so, so fucked up, so fucked up."
1: And it's like that for everyone, and you have they have to have the one like token black girl and the one Asian, you know, or Hispanic. And they have to be at a way higher standard. And the rest of these girls get screwed over because they have to be a certain way. Whereas, you know, a white girl can be many different ways and they will still hire them.
0: God, it just scares me because it's like, to me, the standards are already so horrendous for just a white girl. Like, that is so unhealthy. Like, Mm -hmm. do you ever see people literally, like, lose their lives because
1: of this? You know what I mean? there's stories all the time of girls who will get into this and you know, especially young ones because they think the agencies have their backs, but they really don't. and they'll just you know, either die from eating disorders, die a lot of times from drugs. and this happens all the time all over the world too, especially to young girls who like they don't know any better. like they don't even have like an identity really yet. So that's, like, the toughest part. You think your agency has your back, but, like, they they really don't. Have you ever known someone who's, like, died? Like, have any of your friends? I have not personally, but I know someone in my agency who died from drug use because, like, she got involved with drugs through modeling, and that's what she um, eventually died from, like, while modeling. And so that's just, like, a really common story, though, that happens, like, everywhere when it comes to modeling so so why keep doing it when you're in this industry and you know it's fucked up that's hard like once you get in i don't like love it but i do love you know like the traveling and the food and the experience that i get from modeling like I would never have been able to go abroad or live in New York and do some of the things that I've been able to do without it and I don't see myself doing that much in the future but for the time that I did get to do and like some of the stuff I do now it's still like a great life experience but like it definitely ruins you once you see the dark side of it like I could never support that going like forward really so if someone came up to you and they're like they knew you're a model they're like I'm really interested in modeling would you I mean, what would you say? I honestly if that's happened before and I like don't encourage it I'm just like it's unless this is your true passion like you want to be like some fashion designer you know something like that in the industry I really would not encourage it it's really messed up and it's like one of those things that it's so messed up you can't fix it it's just like a vicious cycle that keeps like repeating itself like no model can fix it really like the only people that can are the designers themselves and the agencies and working for them right now so why would they god
0: it's just so messed up because i think about like
1: you know i've talked to you who's an actual model and you're
0: telling me about these ridiculous standards and this pressure i can't even imagine it just uh we we the and these but uh (laughs) <laughs> people are also photoshopped so it's like oh, yeah. you're already so like so thin and so unhealthy and then they're photoshopping you on top and it's just putting out this ideal to women that's completely unrealistic and making them have this image of health that is actually this image of not healthy at all like do any of these people have their periods like oh no how
1: is their thyroid you know what i mean like yeah like it's all messed up <laughs> like everything everyone is feeling horrible like no one i don't think anyone my roommates and i had like our periods or anything like and I had eight roommates mm-hmm. and we were all unhealthy and also like exactly what you said the photoshop they're all being photoshopped also our hair and makeup like the stuff that goes into that we look like death when we're like going into these shows mm-hmm. we would probably have like horrible eye circles under us acne you know because our hormones are all out of whack Hairs falling out sometimes and But, you know, if you go into hair and makeup for three hours, yeah, you're going to look good because these are professional people and you have like the right lighting, the right setting, like hair, wigs, all of that. So it's just not real. Everything is just very fake. Yeah. Is
0: Is there like anything else that you haven't touched on that you want people to know about the modeling industry?
1: I mean, probably just like what you see is really not what you're getting. You know, it's very... Um, fake in general and then the, the standards like you don't want to look like that because one it's not real two it's not healthy and these girls don't feel good they don't feel healthy
0: mm-hmm. what about these big models that people look up to like Gigi Hadid and Kendall mm-hmm. Jenner people like that like and it's funny because they put out their exercise they say what they do and like what they eat and like do, do you believe that or how is it different for them
1: it's actually like i think that they may eat differently than us because one for celebrities like them big names they don't have to be the same sizes because one they're probably not being on the runway Mm -hmm. and they're getting photoshopped Mm -hmm. and they have such fame that comes with them that these companies know that they don't need the skinny girls if they have them so they have a whole set like a whole nother set of standards if i came in looking like bella hadid Mm. like she is gorgeous she is skinny um she's already small but she's definitely way healthier like if i tried to go like that to a casting there's no way i would get hired because i'm just a normal girl but with them they definitely have different standards than any other person in the modeling industry and you know they also have like Actual trainers, actual health coaches, probably. So it's different than the girls who are trying to make it by by what the agencies are telling them to do.
0: People also don't understand with these models. It's like this is their job, and their whole life is basically about working on under eating Uh for models, you know. And so it's really when people are comparing themselves, like regular people, comparing themselves to people who this is their job to look a certain way. It's just unfair. I'm curious what you think about.
1: Victoria's Secret models Mm -hmm. they're just like it's very different like it's a different world like if you're a Victoria's Secret model you're not really a model in anything else (laughs) that sounds bad but like if you're their own model they get campaigns where like with Victoria's you're getting like makeup companies where they can be that size and quote curvy even though they're really not curvy at all they're still tiny and the other girls wouldn't be like that you know like so If you're a Victoria's Secret type of model, you wouldn't be a high fashion model or like a plus size model. Like they're just all different worlds.
0: I think what's hard for me is like the Victoria's Secret models, I see them and I still think like they're, people are, Like, I want to look at Victoria's Secret model. And I'm like, they're so unhealthy looking to me still. still A few of them look healthy. I think a few do. But in general, I I don't like to watch it because I just feel like they look so unhealthy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And like what they do every day to look like that. Like they're working out twice a day with these really professional trainers and like restricting so much food. And also, like again, going back to the fake thing, all of that's fake. Like they have tape under all their clothes, like to push stuff up and like make like contouring with makeup. So like everything's fake. Like they like at the end of the day, they don't really like look good, you know. Like everything is just like covered up pretty much by like what they actually look like. And it's just like to have a lifestyle like that. It's not sustainable. Like any model, really in my opinion like even when I was at my quote prime of modeling, I had a thyroid disease like I couldn't figure out my metabolism that's why I was going so fast like that's like why I was that size you know god that's crazy
0: well I appreciate you sharing that I'm very glad that you're moving away from that now you're turning into paleo chef Kelly you're going to culinary school which somehow happened you were going to go to law school and then how did it turn into
1: going to culinary school So yeah, I was going to go to law school because I was like, oh, well, I have to have, you know, what the world tells me I should be doing and I'm smart. I can do this. I got into a great law school. I committed to it, you know, had a down payment, top 20 law school. And then I started working more with food and I was like, wait, no, this is awesome. I can't like give this up. Like this is my passion in life. Like this is what I want to do forever, all day, every day. And I was just, like, at that point, I was, like, I can't do this. Like, I'd rather do anything but go to law school right now. Like, I need to follow my passion, even though this is not what society's telling me to do or even what my family was telling me to do. But now, like, it's such a relief to know, like, I'll be doing what I love and, like, what I was put here on earth to do.
0: How did you find that
1: courage, though? That's, like, not an easy decision. No, but at the same time, I think it was almost easier to do the other way but i would have such like a horrible life it would be really sad and i've always been a strong believer that i have a purpose here and that if i am being told my purpose is to be in the food world and be paleo i need to fulfill that Mm -hmm. and so it would be safer to go that route but more fulfilling and definitely um what I love to do by going to culinary school and becoming a paleo chef and I feel like I can help more people this way.
0: Do you feel like your health struggles made it so that you had the courage to do that? Like, I know for me going through what I went through with my health made me like value my life more and I felt like I don't have time to waste doing shit just because the world tells me I need to. I need to do what's going to make me feel purposeful.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Like when I was in that cycle, though, I was doing what the world was telling me to do and I wasn't happy. And so that definitely helped me to show I don't give a damn what everyone else says. I'm going to do what makes me happy. And this is what makes me happiest in life and what I think I can help the most, like with other people and, you know, inspiring other people to maybe be paleo. Then mm-hmm. that's more fulfilling than what conventional people may say.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm so freaking happy that you had a major life change because otherwise you never would have applied to be the straight-up paleo intern and we never would have met and yeah you're gonna do amazing things kelly's food is incredible and she is the best paleo chef ever so hit her up also she sells some crazy ass nut butters that are just Uh oh they're crack but last thing before i wrap up Uh i want to know from you i've never asked you this is there anything like I think people might be curious what it's like to be our intern or like anything you've learned about podcasting that you didn't know about before. Like, you know what I mean? Any surprises?
1: Um, I guess there's just like a lot more that goes into it than you think. Like you think someone's sitting here and just talking and then it goes into the world, but there's (laughs) so much in the background that you have to do. And then I just love that the commit, like the community it builds and like, getting feedback from people and like, join the Facebook group, you know, having interaction. I think that's the most rewarding part is when you see the interaction with the community. And so that's probably like, not something I expected. I expected, oh, I'm just working for a podcast. You just There's nothing that's gonna come of this. Mm-hmm. But then you like build like lifelong friends out of something like this. And so that's been like the coolest experience. Mm-hmm. Who's a harder boss, me or Kara? Oh, you're a hard ass. I gotta say you, but that's good. You need someone to keep us in line, you know? I mean, Christina literally corrects my grammar maybe every other day, but I love it. Like, I need it. If I didn't have that, who knows, who knows where I would be. I'm a hardcore grammar Nazi, that's for sure. But it comes in handy, I swear. Oh, yeah. Without your grammar skills, like, we would be in a rough spot. Yeah, no, seriously. And, well... When you like,
0: when you signed up for this, is this what you thought it was gonna be like, or what? Like, what did
1: you think? I thought I'd just you know, sitting by on a cute computer once a week and <laughs> start pushing buttons, but instead I've like built lifelong friends in this community and have like started loving paleo even more. That I'm like, wow, this is so much more than I could have imagined. What do you think about working with brands? Have you? Is it different than you thought? That's different too. Like you have to be you have to have like a strong backbone that I did not expect because you gotta hold your own with them like they're (laughs) sharks man but like it's fun to like see new products and help each other out Mm -hmm. and really help promote things that you actually love you know Yeah. And find that right fit. And like, I think, I mean, you're kind
0: of lucky because you came into this, Mm -hmm. like Kara and I stick to our guns and you know how we are. We will not compromise just for money. Like we will only work with people that we love
1: and they're not, companies aren't used to that. No, that's like a cool thing to see too, because now coming into that, I see, you know, how y'all promote only like the best of the best. And I also get to see how other people have fallen because they haven't done that and so like going forward you can promote that in your own day-to-day life you know so that's cool to see um firsthand has working on the
0: back end of content creation like changed the way you look at other content creators or like the way you listen to podcasts or see things on instagram because i know for me when i was interning for jordan it just changed the way i saw everything
1: you're definitely it's not as real as you think it is i think Mm -hmm. it's much more curated and thought through especially with certain people like now seeing like real people like you and kara i can like notice bullshit kind of Mm -hmm. i can see the people who are just like in it for the money or in it for the follows you know so Mm -hmm. it's you have to have um you kind of have to take everything with a grain of salt and like you know there might be alternative reasons but you can tell with certain people like you and chris like Christina and Kara, that they're authentic and they actually care about their community. Mm -hmm. Take everything with a pound of
0: salt, not just a grain, basically. (laughs) A pound of pink pink Himalayan high quality high sea salt yeah well thank you again so much yeah. for coming on this is so much fun and i can't wait for all of the rest of our adventures these few days in south carolina but people if people want to find you like contact you see what you're doing yeah. where can they where can they hook up with you
1: um you can follow me on instagram at kelly's clean kitchen and i'm making a site soon so that should be out through my instagram as well But I just want to thank you for having me because first of all, it's so fun to be on podcasting with you. And then second of all, to have you in South Carolina has been so much fun. I can't wait to eat the rest of the time while we're here.
0: I know me too. Did you ever
1: think back when you were reading my blog post that you'd be sitting in your bedroom on your bedroom floor with me? No, this is so weird. I knew we were like the same and stuff, but now we're like friends and uh, actually eating all these amazing meals together. I'm like, whoa, this girl from California came out to see this (laughs) random Southern girl from South Carolina. It's so cool how this has like connected people and connected us. Yeah. No, it's definitely amazing. You know what we should do?
0: Can we do a giveaway for this podcast with your nut butter?
1: Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, Um, Absolutely. Okay.
0: What what's your
1: okay what are you willing to offer in terms of nut butter
0: one winner is gonna win what?
1: one winner is gonna win two nut butters of their choice what are the options uh, the options can be vanilla almond vanilla coconut cacao coconut or let's say a pumpkin cashew mm, does that pumpkin sound good spice. cashew pumpkin skies cashew that, that is, is yeah. that is the move y'all and those are really good like don't be i encourage you to go out of your comfort zone and don't just do vanilla almond cuz those are so good i know do yeah god <laughs>
0: they're amazing okay so i'm we're making this up on the spot so <laughs> to enter you have to follow me you have to follow kelly yeah and we're both gonna post an Instagram you have to comment on the Instagram mm-hmm. and say what
1: should they say um what's oh, something fun say what you would them. eat with these nut butters yeah. like what's your favorite thing with nut butters so I like to see cause Christine and I put on vegetables mm-hmm. so like how creative can you get yeah exactly so you can enter twice
0: if you enter on my Instagram page and Kelly's so that'll be so much fun cool I just like forced you to do a giveaway so thanks well thank you again for coming on so much fun and if you guys haven't already please subscribe and leave a rating interview on iTunes please tell people about the podcast if you enjoy it Kelly knows how important the word of mouth is and just like spreading the word and if you like the podcast it just really means a lot to me if you show support and tell other people about it um It just means a lot to me. And I would love to have you in the Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe. You can meet other friends. And it's a party in there. So that's about it for this week. We hope you enjoyed this. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye.